Welcome to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. I'm your host, Callie O'Connor. I've gone from career burnout to taking multiple career breaks, scoring several remote jobs, and even starting my own business while traveling to over 80 countries. The one thing that held me back from starting sooner was that I didn't believe it was possible for me. I wasn't aware that travel could become part of my lifestyle. Through this podcast, I'm so excited to share with you the travel possibilities that are out there for you. In season two, we're talking all about remote work. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to another episode. Today, I am excited to share with you my remote work story. So as I mentioned in the last episode, I've dabbled my way through a number of different travel possibilities, travel always being a main priority in my life, but I've kind of stumbled my way through to get to the point where I can make travel more part of my lifestyle as opposed to just something I enjoy doing from time to time. So (laughs) my remote story, my remote work story slightly overlaps with my career break story, which you can listen to in the last season if you didn't catch that one yet. But basically, when I first took my career break starting in 2015, I didn't want to work. I set out because I needed a break. And so that's what I needed. And if that's what you need, that is a-okay. You don't have to work. Sometimes we really just think... (laughs) that we need to be bringing money in all the time. And I know it's just this, it's human nature, but you can also plan for it. If you really want relaxation, if you really want to have a break, that's what planning is for. And that's possible as well. And if you don't have the savings right now, that doesn't mean you can't have the savings in the future. So that's something I'm going to talk about in the future. But back to my story. So while I was on my career break, I was more than a year in at this point. I happened to be in Malaysia and I met this girl uh, in a Facebook group actually. And we ended up meeting up for coffee, coffee, it was wine. We met up for wine and got to know each other and we became friends and she introduced me to other friends she had there and we became a nice little group and it was fun. But every single night she would go home because she had to go teach English online for like just a couple of hours. And this girl was traveling the world too. She didn't have savings like I did. She was actually using this online English teaching to earn money to sustain her travels. And at the time, this is 2016 now, I was dumbfounded because I had never heard of anything like this and I thought it was just the coolest thing. And so each day I would like ask her another question and another question because I'm like, I could do that. That's something I could do. Mind you, I had just been traveling without working at all, willy-nilly for well over a year. But it felt good to know that this was an option. So she told me about it. She used a platform called Palfish. And it was to work directly with Chinese students. It was just an app. Um, I mean, granted, I know a lot more about this app now since I have used it since. Things have changed a lot in China, though, over the past year, actually. So I'm not going to get into that so much in this episode. But 
no, I learned that this was an option. And so I kind of wrapped up my travels that year and went home for the holidays and decided to explore this online English teaching further. And I downloaded the app and I set up my profile and I got to it. <laughs> and I had so much fun because the format in which I was teaching was not that I needed to teach a class or specific skills or anything. A lot of my students were adults who wanted to practice having a conversation and their English levels were quite high. They wanted to enhance their vocabulary. They wanted to practice speaking naturally with a native speaker. A lot of them liked the American accent because they're used to watching American TV and so it felt more comfortable. And I gained a few regular students and it was something I wanted to keep doing. And so I did, as I set out for more travel in the new year. So starting in 2017, I headed to Colombia. I wanted to dedicate myself to learning Spanish, but I didn't want to lose the students I had. So I continued teaching online and I got to set my own rates through this app. And it was fantastic. It was so flexible. I got to go to my Spanish classes all day. I got to hang out with friends. I got to do all these things. And then occasionally I would just teach my students online, just go home. Classes could be 30 minutes. It could be an hour. You're allowed to schedule them or you can just sign online whenever you're available. And it was the most flexible thing. So it really felt good to bring in a little bit of income to offset some of the costs like that I was spending during my travels. So that was my first online English teaching remote job. And since then, I've worked with a couple of other platforms as well. And there's a number out there. So it's always a really good, flexible option. And it's my favorite option to recommend simply due to the low barrier of entry and the flexibility if you are a native English speaker. If you are a non-native English speaker, there are also opportunities to teach your native language online. So with that said, I ended up going back to work full time. And because I ended up working at a language travel company, me teaching online for this platform was in direct competition with my new company because they also had an online English teaching platform. So I had to stop. But because when I went back to work full time, it wasn't on my radar that remote work was a possibility. I really thought my only option was to go back to work full time. And so this is actually a common theme for me, believing that I only had one option of what to do next, when in reality there are infinite possibilities, but it's really hard to see that when you don't believe in them. All right, so back to work full time, and then just a little recap, I ended up leaving that job for a stint back in the world of engineering, which was all kinds of wrong for me, blah, blah, blah. And then I decided on a second career break. At this point in my life, I was like a little bit mad at myself for my decision to leave the language travel job that I mostly liked for a job that was just so wrong and I wasn't ready to make any life-altering decisions. I knew that I needed to clear my head before I chose my next steps. And for me, travel helps with that. So I wasn't actually seeking work. But as you do when you're about to leave the country, I had a one-way ticket booked to Indonesia. I met up with friends, blah, blah, blah. 
Hi, friends, chatting. And my friends is a connector and she insisted that I speak with her friend who was hiring flexible remote workers for his company. And so I was like, sure, why not? I can do that. And based on the information, the job would be completely flexible with a minimum of 10 hours per week time commitment. And I could do it from anywhere in the world. So I was heading to Asia and there was the added benefit there that I would be working as they slept. So like if I was working on a project, it would be done when they woke up in the morning. Win-win for everyone. So I accepted the job because it seemed pretty straightforward. It didn't require a ton of brain power. It was a data analysis job for a software company. And it helped cover my costs and it gave me flexibility and freedom. So I didn't see a downside here. So... The key here is I got a job I didn't really have an intention of applying for. This is lucky, of course, but this also leads me to my very best tip when remote job searching. Let your intentions be known to everyone you know, except co like your colleagues if you currently have a job and you're looking to leave. So these people want to help you. They will support you and what's next, but if they don't know what you're looking for, they're not going to make suggestions. They're not going to make introductions. They're not going to be connectors. And so you might have that friend who is just so well connected. I know, for example, this friend, if tomorrow I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a remote job, I would have a dozen emails in my inbox with introductions to people that she knows. I'm sure everyone has a friend like that or something close. So just put it out there because you never know. So I received my next remote role in a similar fashion. My former colleagues know that I'm the girl who travels and also knows that I'm pretty open to helping um, if the role is flexible and remote. I'm happy to support people. And so this is how I ended up at a company with a number of former colleagues. I supported them in, on the operation side of things and then ultimately was put in charge of recruiting full-time staff members. And so it was unexpected, but why not? I went with it because it allowed me to be in Mexico, live in Mexico, work part-time. And so the key though, when you are searching for a remote role is to have a clear picture of what you're looking for. For me, I wanted the part-time hours and the freedom of location, both of which they supported. The thing that got a little bit tricky though was since I was supporting full-time people, sometimes they would have questions or they would need to contact me when I wasn't technically working because I only worked 20 hours per week and it wasn't right for me not to answer messages or emails or things like that just because I wasn't working. So I'm not gonna hold up a business because of that. So that is where it was slightly unaligned. But alas, it was still a job still totally possible for me to do as I pleased. And so again, it's because I maintained connections with people I used to work with that I was able to enter into this role. And so in between these roles I've just talked about that I've held, I've applied to a number of remote jobs through the traditional job application process. Some successfully, others not. But that is the job application process. You do need to expect rejection or else you're gonna be sorely disappointed. Always remember though, you don't have to accept the job just because it's offered to you. And so that's something 
I've gone through a number of times in terms of full-time work, remote work. I've applied to so many jobs in my life. I've had so many interviews in my life and I've turned down a number of job offers. So it's really important just because someone says you can have something doesn't mean you have to take it. So through it all, something I have learned is the power of your network. Stay in touch with people, stay connected, and be clear about your intentions, and you will most certainly be able to land that job you're looking for. So just to wrap up my remote work story, something that all of my roles have had in common, as you may know, my background is in chemical and biomolecular engineering, and none of my remote jobs are even close to that. Not even remotely. And that's okay, and that's how I want it. Because if I'm gonna be traveling, and I personally don't want to have a job that's demanding. I personally don't want to have the stress of a job while I'm trying to enjoy my life. So for me, I had always made the option, or the choice to have jobs that are less demanding than what I would be seeking in a normal nine to five, if you will. So when I am working full time, When I am in an office setting, like I love a challenge. I love to grow. I love to learn. I'm not doing a job just for the money. I'm doing it for a lot of reasons. And personal growth is one of them. Learning is one of them. Fulfillment is one of them. For me, remote work, I still want that fulfillment, but I want less responsibility because my priority isn't in the workplace. When I'm doing the job, it's my priority, but once I'm done with those hours, my priority is travel and enjoying the destination I'm in, if that makes any sense. So this is gonna be different for everyone, but I implore you to consider what that looks like for you. And so this is something we do go through in my remote work and how to find it mini course. So actually the wait list is in the show notes if that's something you think you might be interested in but it's really important to consider what you picture your life will look like while you have a remote job and you're traveling. Where do you want your priorities to lie? And that's gonna help dictate what kind of job you're looking for. So this was longer than I intended. If you got to the end, thanks for listening. And I'm very excited to catch you in the next episode where I'm gonna start throwing tips your way for finding remote work. See you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Travel Possibilities Podcast. If you liked what you heard, I would be so thankful for your positive review on Apple Podcasts so I can keep the episodes coming. If you aren't already following me on social media, come soak up the extra tips and travel inspiration on Instagram by following me at The Travel Shifters or by visiting my website at travelshifters.com. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss it.